Hello, everyone. Welcome to New Mexicast. I'm Rosalinda Roman, and before we get started, I want to share what you can expect here on this podcast. First, you should know that my family lives on a sailing catamaran, and this is my personal audio journal. What you're about to hear is an episode from 2016 when we were just starting our journey of moving from our home in New Mexico onto the boat. As a longtime broadcast journalist, I wasn't sure how I was going to keep working while pursuing this crazy new lifestyle. This journal is where I worked through a lot of things, both personally and professionally. That means you will hear about experiments with new technologies like Blab and Periscope and testing out systems to make the move easier, like Wild Tree meal prep and KonMari for downsizing our stuff. As you can imagine, some of these experiments were successful, while some, like Blab and Wild Tree, don't even exist anymore. But I decided to leave even the failed experiment in this audio journal so you could get the whole story of how we went from New Mexicast to New Mexicastaways. If you like what you hear, please stick around till the end and I'll share how you can find out where we are now and how you can get much more content by joining the New Mexicastaways crew. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to New Mexicast Audio Edition. I'm Rosalinda Roman, and this week I think I'm going to continue with the episode of last week where I was talking about domestic issues because um, I don't really have a lot of tech on my mind right now. Actually, I do have a lot of tech that I'm working on, but I just came from my daughter's school where I volunteer uh, twice a week, one in each of my daughter's class rooms for an hour where I help the kids with math, which is pretty funny because I'm no mathematician, although I always did okay in school with math, it never came so easily to me. It wasn't automatic, whereas my my husband and many other people can just look at a problem and know the answer inherently, I have to work through the problems. So it's actually a really good exercise for me. I wanted to get involved in my kids' school. Originally, I was going to launch a reporter club. Uh, because last year I actually taught, as if you've heard in the archives, I've, I taught the kids how to make a movie. I brought in a professional crew, and we made a half-hour film, and it was great. We had a gala, and it was a really great experience. So this year I was determined I was going to teach the kids how to um, put on a newscast and create a show for them uh, at their school. Well, the support wasn't there this year that there was last year, and a big part of that is... Uh, two of the schools in our district closed due to lack of funding, and they folded into our school, uh, which means everybody's working double time and overtaxed. And um, because I was in the middle of revamping my business, I really didn't have the energy to push that boulder uphill by myself uh, with the reporter club. Whereas before, with the, the film club, I kind of did it on my own as well, but I had a lot of parental support, uh, and so that helped me stay excited and keep going even when the going got tough. Well, anyway, so the long story short is I really wanted to get involved in the the school, but not in a way that really didn't fit my personality. So I decided to go in 
uh, just once a week for an hour to help wherever they could use the help. My daughters are both on the gifted side of the spectrum, um, and so I was finding, or they were telling me and telling their teachers that they were feeling frustrated because so much of the attention was going to the kids that needed extra help that they felt that the kids on the, on the more advanced side of the, the spectrum were not getting any attention. Um, and in my daughter's, uh, one of my daughter's uh, parent-teacher conference, the teachers asked her, you know, is there anything else you want to bring up? And she said, yeah, I'd, I'd really like more time with you. Um, she was really good about breaking off the five top kids during math, and they would work on problems together. But it was basically just the kids teaching each other because um, the teacher's attention needed to be helping out, helping the kids that uh, were just trying to get the basic concepts down. And also there's the behavioral issues when the kids are bored or don't understand what's going on. Um, they, they start to drop out mentally, and then it affects all the kids around them. So... And this turned out to be the case in both my daughter's classes, and I imagine it's the case in many of the classes. But this particular teacher was really great about managing it and trying to engage with all the students, but the advanced kids were basically teaching themselves for a part of the day. Um, and so my daughter said, I'd really like to have more time with you. And her teacher said she would love that, but she didn't know how to do it. And I said, well, I could come in and help the kids at grade level and you could work with the advanced kids for a little bit. And so that is what we have been doing for several months. And then I ended up uh, expanding that and going into my other daughter's classroom. Uh, and so it's on my mind. I'm driving into town now heading to rock climbing, which is always a nice uh, mental break for me. But um, the reason I'm bringing all of this up is I, I'm kind of, I have sadness in my heart about leaving this school and as every time I leave these classes and well working in the classes and then as I leave I'm left with this you know just this feeling that there's these kids that they're such great kids and they're they're flailing and they need help and they and they're coming from an environment clearly some of them are coming from abusive homes or um, homes that don't have uh, the support system that can help them thrive, and it just kills me. It kills me. I feel like I can go in and, and make a little connection for the half hour or the hour that I'm there, but knowing that it's only a very small piece of the big, big puzzle, it really breaks my heart, and I'm, I'm wondering how other people deal with that uh, in the educational system. I know the people that work at the school, the teachers, the administrators, they care about these kids. But when you go in there in a classroom with, you know, 25 kids or 23 kids or even 17 kids, and you can see the kids that really, really, really need to be separate and have separate one-on-one -on -one attention from people that get them and appreciate them and can help them um, maybe break some of what they're facing at home and have at least something that's positive. And the example I'm thinking about is this little boy was brought into um, my older daughter's classroom. I was at the fifth grade today. And this third grade kid was sitting there. And I'd never, I had not seen him in this classroom before. So I asked the teacher and she said, oh, he's ISS. And I said, what is that? And they said, it's in school suspension. 
And I said, is he fifth grade? And she said, no, he's third grade, but they put him in here just to keep him away from his grade and, you know, just separate him from his class. So I, I kind of, I said, well, what do we do with him while he's sitting here? Because he was just sitting there and he was, he had found some scissors in the desk and he was cutting things up. And I thought, okay, but this is not helping anybody around him and it's not helping him. So what can we do about that? So I went over and I started talking to him and just finding out his story because, as you know, that's what I like to do. I, I like to hear people's stories. And it turns out what landed him in in-school suspension was a fight he had with his own sister. And she is a fourth grader. He's a third grader. And at first when we started talking, he was all over the place. Just, well, she this and he that and I this and just really um, full of lots of um, you know, talking about a, a lot of, not violence, but just like, well, if she keeps pushing me, I'll push her back and um, just really uh, talking. And it was amazing how much he revealed about the home life in that little bit of time that he was, was talking with me. Uh, but I said, okay, I said, I, and I tried to guide him and coach him and, and help him by suggesting that maybe he could work on controlling himself even when the people around him are behaving badly um and you know for I don't know whether any of that sinks in but just talking to him as a person and then I said well what about this work he he asked me actually what what are they working on and I said well let me show you so I start showing him the the math that they were working on and it was a particularly difficult day I, it took me a while to understand the concept to be able to explain it. I, it was basic math, really, but the way that they want the kids to show their work was very um, confusing. So anyway, I said to this kid, "What, what are you, um, you know, what, what do you want to do with this? Do you want to take a look?" He said, "Yeah. What are they doing?" So I explained it to him one time. And he immediately got it. Now, you have to know, when I saw this kid, I thought that maybe he wasn't very bright because of his body language and the way he was speaking to me. Um, it made me think that he, you know, was, was very slow. But once I started showing him how to do the problem and then he worked through the problem and then wanted to take on the next problem, remember, two grade levels above where he is, he got it quickly, and, and he lit up when I acknowledged him and when I um, was able to show him that I could see his greatness in there. And by the end, we ended with a conversation. I said, so, you know, what are you, I have to leave, but I just wanted to check, what are you thinking about now? And I said, he, he said, I'm going to work on it. I said, what are you going to work on? He said, I'm going to work on thinking about when I'm really mad at somebody thinking about putting myself in my favorite place in my mind. Because I had used the example that when I get frustrated, I picture myself at the beach. And if I'm really mad at someone, maybe I'll pick up a shell or a, a pebble and I'll throw it into the ocean in my mind to get some of that frustration out. And here's this kid in this little bit of time I talked to him telling me he's going to try this technique. Now, will it help him? I have no idea. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a teacher. But it just... It just left me, A, sad because in the conversation he talked about some of the clear abuse that he faces at home and how this cycle of, of aggression and anger and frustration is just, you know, he's just continuing what he sees. 
um, and he he used some words about some language about his sisters that he could not have known those words. You know, he, he said, oh, my dad always coddles my sister. Well, that's not a kid, a word that a third grader knows inherently. Um, so my point is, it, it's hard to walk away from that knowing he's going to go home and be in major trouble tonight because of getting in school suspension. But really, I don't think anyone's hearing this kid. And I see this time and again. One of the one of the kids in my daughter's classroom, he's a he he. A few years ago, he was just one of the kids in her classroom, and then his mother was murdered. Murdered. There was a, a awful story. I don't know all the details, but there was it involved a drug deal and all kinds of stuff. And so this little kid experience this horrible trauma his father works really hard to be there for him and you know support him and his uh, siblings but you can only imagine what that family has gone through right well now I'm watching him two years later and he while we're working on the math and we're working on these different um, things he's deliberately acting out but he's a really smart kid too he always knows the answers he he can do the work but he chooses not to, and he's starting to do things to like, like he um, was stabbing a um, vat of peanut butter with scissors while the teacher was trying to teach. Now you have to remember, before you judge the teachers, they have 17 to 25 kids by themselves, so it's hard to pay to teach a lesson and pay attention to the kids that are trying to be disruptive because they need attention. So. This is what's on my brain right now. I don't know why I'm sharing it here on New Mexicast, except to say that I, I know there are so many people working to try to help, and I just really appreciate the people that are doing what they can. I'm not perfect. I yelled at my five-year-old this morning, so you know I'm not throwing stones by any stretch, um, but I'm, I'm trying to see the areas where we can make a difference. And for me, be, that's one of the benefits of doing the show and the work that I do is that I, I get to choose how I spend my days and um, incorporate. It's really hard. Like every time that I know it's the day I'm going to the classroom, I have moments where I'm like, oh, maybe I won't go today. <laughs> maybe I will just stay home uh, and work on New Mexicast and stuff that is easy for me. Um, but then, of course, I always go because I know when I walk in, the kids light up. I know I'm helping them. I know it means a lot to my own kids to see me involved in their lives. Um, because right now they're third grade and fifth grade and they want me there. So I, how am I not going to do that? But in the long run, I, you know, I benefit the most from it. It helps to shape who I am. I never in a million years would have thought that I would be, you know, working in an elementary school uh, trying to help kids with math and trying to connect with, you know, kids that have had serious problems in their lives. But uh, anyway, my hat goes off to all of you who work with kids in a loving, supportive way. And not just kids. I mean, there's so many grown-ups who are damaged and who need help. And, and if we can catch them when they're kids, that's so awesome. But, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a team effort, I guess. And um, a lot of times I feel like even the parents who maybe, if you, in a judgy way, if we say they're kind of failing, even they are trying. Like, you know, I, I know that 
we're not perfect and we do our best and we do the best with what we have at any given time. So um, I guess I just want to say go out and see what you can do to connect with someone. You know, I've been working on as if you go to New Mexicast TV or NewMexicast.com, you'll see I've been doing these um, these sessions, these twice weekly um we call them My Habit Upgrade Moments, and it's a partnership between myself and uh, Natalie Goldfein, who is the founder of My Habit Upgrade. And I interview her twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 o'clock Mountain Time. So you can actually interact with us live if you want to, but it's all about small incremental changes that you can make to improve your world, the world around you, yourself, just there there are these small little things you can do. And I'm wondering if that's why this is on my mind so much, because I'm starting to notice the little places. And it's little. I mean, I don't think the kid's going to go home and be like, oh, it's all great now. But I just feel like that little tiny change, that shift is making a massive, massive difference, at least to me. And maybe it will plant the seed for some of these kids for the future. Um, anyway, as far as the work, I've been working on a new platform, shifting to New Mexicast. Let me wrap it up before I go in to go rock climbing. Um, I've been working on a new platform called Anchor, which is kind of a really fun, it's like a playground basically for audio. Uh, you post a quick two minute or less audio clip and then people um, respond with their own audio clips. So they respond with with uh, another voice message, basically. It's like a, a voicemail exchange almost. But it's been a lot of fun. So if you want to check that out, it's I think it's only on iPhone or iDevices, Mac-based Mac devices, but um, it's called Anchor, and it's a lot of fun. And you can find me as New Mexicast there. Uh, anyway, thanks so much for listening. I know today is a bit of a ramble, but that's what's on my mind. And um, I guess when you have a platform, <laughs> you get to say what you want. And especially because everybody basically has a platform today, thanks to live streaming and apps like Anchor and the the readily available technology that can uh, make you a broadcaster. So I hope you go out and make some content of your own. And I'd love to hear some comments. So connect with me through any of the social media channels. Take care and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to my audio journal from 2016 as our family prepared to move on to the sailing catamaran, Don Treader. If you want to see where we are at the moment, just search for New Mexicast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or Patreon, or for New Mexicast TV on YouTube. Also, if you want to see the videos and photos of the things I'm talking about on this podcast, please consider joining the New Mexico Castaways crew. You can do that at newmexicast.com slash crew. Thanks again for listening and for supporting our enchanting adventures. I'm Rosalinda Roman, and this is New Mexico Castaways.